You're listening to the Renew Life Church podcast. We hope this message inspires you and challenges you to become a true disciple of Jesus. To find out more about us, go to renewlifechurch.com. Awesome. Well, it's such a joy to be with you. My name is Cody Sykes. I'm the campus pastor of Renew Life Church Midland. Uh, If you're new to Renew Life Church, we want to tell you welcome. Church family, would you welcome any first-time guests that might be in the room? Thanks for joining us. Hopefully uh, today is a blessing unto you. Uh, Before I dive into my message, I just want to make a really cool announcement. Uh, Our church is full of amazing people, Um, just from our staff to volunteers to just people that are just doing amazing things. Like there's a family here, not, this isn't the announcement, but just talking about people that are amazing here. There's a family that, that comes to church here. They have a missions ministry, and their focus and their drive is simply to, uh, to love on widows and orphans in post-genocide countries. Like, they come to Rooney Life Church. They live in Midland, Texas. They're serving people in Rwanda. Like, there's just amazing people that come to church here. And uh, this morning, we, we have an amazing person. Obviously, you're amazing, but there's a, a, an amazing person I'm going to talk about for a second on purpose that is here. Uh, her name is Kelly Holly. She's over here. Kelly, would you re- just raise your hand? I, I'm not going to make her stand on her chair and do anything crazy like somebody else might would have. But uh, Kelly is an amazing, she is uh, an amazing woman, has an incredible testimony. Her family is a testament of a praying mom. Come on, moms. Her family is a testament of a praying wife. Uh, Her husband actually just beat uh, colon cancer within the last year, which is incredible. Like God is moving and shaking some things in their family, which is incredible. But Kelly is uh, amazing in that she loves to help people. And she wouldn't mind me telling you this because I have to tell you this to make the announcement, but uh, Kelly's family has kind of gone through uh, the ringer, if you will, like some of our families, like my family, uh, with addiction. And oftentimes we, we see that when addiction comes into a family, most of the programs that, that are out there, they exist to, to serve the one who is addicted, the addict. Uh, it might be a, a, a husband, it might be a wife, it might be a son, it might be a daughter. I don't know if that's your story or not, but I have a similar story to that. And what Kelly has done is she's partnered with an incredible ministry called Finding Hope. And Finding Hope is a ministry that, that serves those who have a family member that are caught up in an addiction. They are a support group that actually serve the mom or the wife or the husband who is waiting for the moment when the, the addiction breaks. They are uh, doing incredible things for incredible people that are just like us, that are, that are hoping and praying that one day that family member turns and actually gets free forever. And so they meet the first and the third Tuesday of every month at 6.30 p.m. right across the street in the Renew Life Church office sanctuary. Uh, if, you're, if you identify with this story, if you're currently living this, this tragedy, because that's what it is, uh, we understand, she understands, she's been there, she's done that, she's, she's loving on people through it. If you need help in this area and this is your situation right now, I would just encourage you to not leave the church today until you have a conversation with Kelly. She's gonna hang out at guest services table right after service and would love to connect with you, love on you, and hopefully uh, you could be a part of, of this and eventually maybe um, see the freedom and experience that for yourself but then also other people. So would you just give it up for Kelly and what she's doing, it's amazing. Very, very cool. So let me pray, and then we're gonna dive into uh, what, I, what I wanna share this morning. So, uh, Father, thank you for what you're doing, the faith, the energy, the, 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 the spunk, if you will, of the Holy Spirit that is in the room. 
We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We, we say yes to you. We yield to you, we yield our ears to you, we yield our thoughts to you. I take dominion and authority over this atmosphere that nothing would ever uh, cause us to actually stray from what you wanna share this morning, God. Uh, distractions be limited in Jesus' name. God, that you would actually uh, kind of create somewhat of like this, this moment where it's just you and us. That revelation comes, that we hear, that we have ears to hear, that I have a mouth that is anointed to speak, God. I pray that, that, that today you are glorified in what we do and what we share. And we pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. If you agree, would you give me just a real good amen? amen. That's, a good, that's a pretty good one. Uh, way back at the beginning of 2023, we started the year uh, with a 30 days of prayer and fasting. Anybody was a part of that way back at the beginning of the year? I did this in the first service. I'm just kind of curious. How many of you are new to Renew Life within the last six months? Wow, that's amazing. That was about the same in the first service. And so, uh, we're, man, we're super honored that you would join us and, and uh, pray that God is blessing you through what, what he's allowing us to get to do. But at the beginning of the year, we started with uh, 30 days of prayer and fasting. It was just kind of like this. Uh, Pastor Braden had uh, released this video to the churches, uh, both Midland and Lubbock. And uh, in that video, it was just this, this charge to crown Jesus Lord over every single area of our life. And one of the ways in which we did that was we just embarked on this journey of just praying for 30 days and fasting for 30 days. And it was beautiful. We saw breakthroughs, lots of people just experienced incredible things. Um, and as I was thinking about today, the Lord just kind of was reminding me of some of the ways in which we started the year. And one of the things that I, I spoke on January 1st, uh, I got to share that, that uh, Christmas day, I mean, sorry, New Year's day. Um, and just FYI, while I'm on New Year's Day, we won't have service December 24th, Christmas Eve, but we will have service New Year's Eve. So just mark that on your calendar. It'll be a morning service, not a night service on New Year's Eve, but norm, normal service hours. Uh, but I shared a word that day, and, and what that word was is uh, I, I was sitting in deer blind, because that's where the Lord is. Yeah. Amen. He is here, and he is there. And... Uh, I was sitting there and just was praying. I wasn't seeing anything. Uh, and so I was just, you know, I was just praying, like, Lord, you know, like, just having conversations. Clearly as day, I saw the emblem of an Acura car. I don't know if you know what an Acura car's emblem looks like, but it's a really sharp kind of pointed A. And the word Acura means to be done with precision, something that is done with precision. And the Lord just began to talk to me. He's like, hey, in this year of 2023, I'm gonna do some things that are gonna be so noticeable that you won't be able to um, deny my accuracy and my precision and the way in which I'm gonna lead my people this year. God is always doing things with precision. It's who he is. He's an accurate, precise God. But sometimes our vision and our judgment is so cloudy that we actually don't see the precision in the way in which the Lord does things. But he was saying, this year, I'm going to actually give you a different lens to look through. You'll know that it is my precision that is working with you and for you. And then in turn, I actually need you to take on this idea that, that, that you need to be a precise husband. You need to, to love your wife in precise ways. You need to love your kids in precise ways. You need to lead and make decisions in a precise way. I have given you the mind of Christ to think on a level that is higher than that of the world. I need you to actually start making some more precise, calculated, accurate decisions. He also said this. He said, in this year, there's gonna be an unraveling of some things and there's going to be an opening up of some things. Uh, 
To unravel means to undo twisted or knitted threads or yarn, right? He said that there's gonna be an opening up of some things that had been previously closed to you because either you weren't ready or you were asking amiss. And this word amiss comes from James chapter four, verse three, it says this. He says, ask, you ask and you do not receive because you ask amiss, why? That you may spend it on your pleasures. He's like, I can't give you the thing that you're asking for because you have the wrong motive for getting it. He said, but along with this opening up in this new season, there's an unraveling and the unraveling is gonna be linked to uh, an undoing of some relationships, an undoing of some lifestyle, an undoing of some habits, an undoing of some things that have been the norm for you. There's gonna be this unraveling of some things to unravel, like I said, it means to just undo these twisted and knitted things. And so he said most of the time when you're told uh, not to unravel or not to pull on that piece of a garment. Have y'all seen this new commercial? I think it's either like a Google commercial or it's an Amazon commercial, but it's the guy, he's got the red sweater on and it get, like a piece of it gets hung on like a corner of a door or something and it starts to unravel and as it's unraveling, he's spinning and he's knocking lamps off. But as he's knocking lamps off of the tables and stuff and breaking tables, like his wife is reordering them as fast as he's breaking them. I think that happens in the natural normally. I think wives are just waiting for us to break something. They can reorder it, but they're also just reordering it and we haven't broke it yet. Uh, but his, his Amazon stops at our house like more than I stop at our house. I'm like, bro, you can park in the driveway and I'll give you a garage door opener. <laughs> oh, geez. He's like, but just, we're told not to pull on that one thread. But he says, listen, if I initiate the unraveling, it's because in this season of 2023, the relationship, the habit, the lifestyle, it's not fit for you to have any longer or it just doesn't fit you any longer. And so if you'll just surrender it to me, when it comes back to you, it will be used for a better purpose. And so I don't know about your life, I don't know about your year, but my year has been full. I've seen a lot of unraveling and I've seen a lot of opening up. And the beautiful thing about that is, is the year is not over and I believe that God is gonna continue to do more of it. I don't know what you need opened unto you, but I hope that today as we revisit some of these things from the first of the year, in the thought of abiding in the Lord, that some things would be open to you that have been formally closed. Within that first message of the year, I, I taught on the, the topic of abiding, abiding in the Lord. And I went into um, uh, John chapter 15, which is where we're gonna go in just a few moments, not yet, but uh, up to abide, it means to, to um, it's, it's, it's just this thing of staying connected and staying in communion and relationship with the Lord, right? Abiding is directly connected to the fruit that will be on the branches of my life. A disciple bears fruit. As a disciple of Jesus, you are designed to bear fruit. That someone might be able to walk up to you and say, the things that you talk about, the things that you believe, the life that you live, I want that in my life. Can I follow you? Because whoever you're following, I just need to get close to them. That should be Jesus. 
a disciple is defined as someone that is a follower or a student or a teacher um, or a student of a teacher, leader, or philosopher. For some of us, we are disciples of Jesus. And then also at times we are disciples of Fox News or CNN or ESPN or our favorite pop star or our favorite singer or our favorite social media influencer. But the thing about disciples is that you will know them by their fruit. When my language sounds like Fox News, it's because I have been submitting myself and yielding unto the direction, the influence of Fox News. Sometimes my fruit is, is on my lips. It's in the way that I speak. I can quickly determine if someone has been in the word or in social media by the way that they talk. My fruit is often defined by the way that I speak. It's defined in the way that I hope. Someone that is not following or submitting Jesus, they probably have a tendency to not have much hope. They actually err on the side of negative speculation more than they do on positive. They actually are expecting the worst of the worst to happen instantly. You can see their fruit by who they're submitting or yielding their life to, who has influence over their life. You can also tell someone's fruit by the way in which they love and what the conditions are based on if they are going to love or if they're not. And Jesus is love, amen? And Jesus doesn't love sin, but he loves the sinner. We know that, right? He doesn't, he doesn't love uh, the sin of murder, but he loves the person. Jesus died once for all. While we were yet still sinners, that's not just us that received it, it's for all of us, and the ones that are waiting or haven't received it just yet. Jesus is love. My love should have no condition. Now obviously, I'm aggressive against the wrong spirit or sin, and I'm gentle to the person, as the Lord was. Disciples bear fruit, and my question would be, who is discipling you? All throughout John chapter 15, uh, we see the word abide used, and that's actually used 10 times in John chapter 15. Uh, we, we learned just through uh, this Robert Morris teaching that we did for, for four weeks, not very long ago, uh, the, the number 10 is a number in the Bible that represents testing. Uh, in Exodus, Pharaoh was tested 10 times with 10 plagues. Will you let my people go? He didn't. Obviously, there, was, there were the 10. There were the 10 commandments that were handed down. The tithe, we learned, the 10% is a test. The test is, will I... Will I return it to the Lord or will I keep it for myself and steal it? The tithe is a test. Ten represents test. And so abiding and a lifestyle of abiding, it is constantly put to the test all the time. There's these moments of will I stray here or will I stray there? But if we will abide, we actually, is what the scripture tells us in just a moment, we're going to read it. We actually obtain more fruit. Say more fruit. Say I want more fruit. Amen. John chapter 15, one through eight. It says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. That it may, be, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I spoke to you. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I'm gonna read that one more time. Abide in me, verse four. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch, that'd be us, 
cannot bear fruit in itself unless it abides in the vine, that is Jesus. Neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and it is withered. And they gather them together and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my, word abide, my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. Disciples bear fruit. The word abide simply means to stay or to remain. And like I said a while ago, there's a temptation um, to stray here or stray there. I have to make a conscious decision every morning, a disciplined decision every morning. Am I going to snooze or am I going to abide? And if we're being honest, sometimes snooze is more appetizing. It's like it, it feels like it does more for us. I'm, I'm human, so I'm gonna tell myself, y'all are probably so supernatural and faithful, filled that snooze isn't even an option on your phone. You like rewrote the whole program. It doesn't even exist. I don't know. Um, but if Jesus remains in the place of Lord in your life, meaning that you have a holy reverence and honor for him, you will find yourself in the place of abiding and bearing more fruit. And I have to say this, Jesus is your friend. Jesus is your intercessor, right? Seated at the right hand of the Father, forever making intercession on our behalf. But we have to, we have to remember and never get over the fact that Jesus is our Lord first. Meaning, Jesus is in charge. I think you're agreeing, but you're quiet. He's not in control because he's not desiring robots like Kyle talked about, but he is in charge. There is a list of things that he says, do these and don't do these over and over. Im implement this, someone broke it down, Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Like follow my instructions, I am in charge. If you, will, if you will follow what I'm telling you, you will get from here to there and it will be the best path and the best thing for you. But you actually have an option. Choose this day in whom you will serve, right? He's not in, in, he's not in control, but he is in charge. Jesus is actually deserving of all reverence. He's deserving of all honor. He is deserving of us to surrender and be obedient so that he actually gets in return what he paid for. A life in us that is so well lived that it glorifies him and it makes his death not look like it was something that was done in vain. One thing about uh, from the place of abiding I'm staying connected to a life source in Jesus that always provides the right thing at the right time. Jesus is never late. He's always on time. It may just not be your time, right? Like you gotta wait a while for him to do something suddenly. It just doesn't make sense, but it's the Lord. When I abide in him, he protects me from things that would want to get into me and actually cause a, a stunted version of growth. Abiding actually shields me. It shields me. Psalm 91, I love this, and I, 
uh, I want you to understand he is, he is talking to people that will choose to abide in him. It says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the peerless pestilence. He shall cover you, he's talking about you, in his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge, talking about those that will abide. His truth shall be your shield and your buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Someone should probably be saying amen, just FYI. Like these are actually good things and they're said about you. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked. That's as close as it gets to you when you abide. The closest that destruction gets to you is just in your vision. Not on you, not in you, not against you. From the place of abiding, you only see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. I love these promises. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra, the young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in a time of trouble. I will deliver him and I will honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Amen. Talking to those that would choose to abide. In John chapter 15, our, our text that we started with, Jesus says, I am the true vine. The true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. The vine dresser is the one who knows the exact thing that the branch needs in order to obtain the most growth, more fruit. He knows the season to prune in. He knows which part to prune and how to prune it and the angle in which to cut it so that it actually produces more. The thing about being connected to Jesus is at some point, something is going to get cut. And that is when we start to fail the test of abiding because we're saying everything is available to me under my circumstances and under my control. But Jesus, you can't cut that because I actually need that. And the moment that Jesus actually wants to start trimming and doing some things, we, we fail the test of abiding because we feel like he is trying to take something from us. We say, why would a good God keep me from something or someone that is good? These are the thoughts. Why would God, why would a good God not want me to have the things in my life that are good for me? The truth is this, God isn't keeping anything from you, but he's keeping a lot of things for you. He's not keeping things from you when he trims you. He's actually getting you closer to get the thing that he's been waiting to give you. At eight years old and a good father, I have plans to give her a car, but not right now, right? It would be a dis disaster. 
It's not that I'm keeping something from her, but I am holding it for her. And most of the time I believe that God is holding something for us because right now we actually don't have the character to get the thing and also continue to abide. We'll just worship the thing. He's like, no, 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 if you'll just stay, remain connected in, in returning to me, if you'll just stay in uh, step with me and in stride with me, as I trim and as I prune, what will grow back is character, that is fruit. And so when you've done all of these things and remain in me, and, my, and then it says my word remains in you, then you'll get to this place where you can ask whatever it is that you desire, and then I'll give it to you. Oftentimes we're like, Jesus, I need that. But really, actually, it's not a need, it's a want. And sometimes we're so consumed by our wants that we actually serve comfort more than we serve Jesus. We're actually talking about, in those moments, there, there are things that I want, there are things that I want to keep because in truthfulness, I've traded fruitfulness, which glorifies God for comfort, which keeps me warm, cozy, and feeling good. And that is culture today. Oh, whatever you feel like. Does it feel good? Yeah, it feels great, do that. Oh, you, you just, you just don't like the way your wife looks anymore? Man, you should totally just change her out for a new one. Do whatever feels good. Can I tell you that the fruit of comfort is always rotten? The fruit of comfort is always, it's always rotten. God's like, listen, I know your strengths, I know your weaknesses, I know your passions, I know your hurts, I know your pains, I know everything about you, and I actually know the thing that you need before you even ask it. I know it. If you'll just stay connected to me, remaining in me. The thing about following Jesus is it's not a comfortable thing. And if, well, just keep following Jesus, it will get uncomfortable. But the beauty of the uncomfortability about following Jesus is the Holy Spirit actually gets to be who he said he was, which is our comforter. It's like we get so wrapped up in wanting to be comfortable and not step out of line and not take this risk or that risk, but the Holy Spirit actually never gets to be who he says that he is or what he was even sent for, which was to be our comfort, our helper, God with us in the moment. I, I stood up here about three or four weeks ago, I don't remember exactly, and the Lord, showed me a, a picture of a tattoo and it was an ivy tattoo. I'm like, Lord, please don't make me tell that to the congregation, because that's weird. Like, hey, I just saw a picture of an ivy tattoo. Anybody have one of those? <laughs> Anybody's name Ivy? Like, it was really awkward. And it was crickets and no one acknowledged it. And I was, I was okay with that. It wasn't about me being right, it was just about me trying to do my best to follow what the Lord was saying, but it was uncomfortable. And it was good for me to actually experience this afterwards, but three people came up afterwards like, hey, um, that means something to me. One gentleman had a tattoo of an ivy, but I didn't have anything else for them in the moment. That was the only thing the Lord gave me. So maybe this message is for those uh, with the ivy thing. Uh, but the fruit of comfort, it, it, it's rotten. And I was thinking about that, that one, th that statement there. 
And the Lord took me back to Exodus chapter 16. The people of God are, are wondering, you know, in the wilderness, and they were complainers, right? Have you ever read Exodus? They were wine bags. You know, like, did you just pull us out of slavery to bring us out here to kill us? Like, we should just go back to being slaves. I'm like, y'all are weak. Of course, I wasn't wandering in the desert and all those things. I'm saying, you're weak from my couch. Anyways, armchair quarterback. So God actually starts providing for them manna from heaven. It was bread for them to eat, right? And, and he said this to Moses, he's like, hey, but instruct the people to only gather enough for the day. Don't gather anymore, don't try to get leftovers for tomorrow, none of that. Well, like sheep, they did what they decided to do, which was against what Moses said, because sometimes we don't follow the rules all the time. They were like, some of them gathered enough for the day, but then others had leftover for the next day. As if to say, I actually don't know if God's gonna provide for me like he said he was going to tomorrow. So my tendency in this moment is to stray over here together a little more so that hopefully tomorrow I have comfort in knowing that I have leftover. And every bit of the leftover that they gathered that was more than they needed for the day, when they woke up, it was full of maggots because the fruit of comfort is rotten. What is, the Lord is like, hey, abide in me. Trust in the provision that I am providing. Don't resist the temptation of going for more or serving the thing that's in my hand once I give it to you. Resist the temptation of that and actually just keep returning to me because in me, there is more. There is the fullness of joy in me. There is liberty in me. He's like, just, just return to me. The vine dresser, God, he, he knows how to trim, when to trim, what to trim. And the Bible assures us that all pruning is for the purpose of us to bear much fruit. You are designed to bear much fruit. Verse seven, he said, abide in me and let my word abide in you. And when those two things coincide with one another, you'll ask and then I will pour it out, I'll give it. When the word abides in you, it means that the word of God has supremacy in your whole life. It means that you are subject to what it tells you to do. Once again, he is Lord and he is in charge. When the word abides in you, the word is not subject to you and your condition. It's not subject to what you want, do, want, what you want to do. When the word abides in you, you actually are in full submission to what it says. Can I tell you, you can't pick and choose what you wanna believe in this. It doesn't work that way. Well, I like this, but I really like that Jesus said that. I don't know if that's really what he meant. Well, yeah, I just, I can't agree with, I mean, he's just, he's my friend. Yes, he is your friend. But he actually is the same God that turned over tables. 
he's not a pushover or a pacifist or, no, he's actually a God of, of wrath in some ways. If, in fact, the word says like, if you treat the sacrifice of Jesus like a common thing, the blood of Jesus as a common thing, he's like, it, it'd be better for you to fall into the, man's, the, the hands of men than to fall into the wrath of God in those moments. Like Jesus deserves honor and he deserves respect when his word abides in me, it, it isn't conforming to me, I'm conforming to it. I'll say this and then I'm gonna, I'm gonna close. I, I believe that like about me, one of, my, one of my greatest quests in life is to be remembered for, as someone who lives, how do I say, in a way that God only gets the glory. Do I execute that well all the time? No. Was I celebrating myself the other day? You dang right I was. And I was celebrating, I had a party. I was the only one there in my mind, but it was a good party. There was like confetti cannons and like, you know, all of the things like, but I, I really do pray that at the end of my life, I've done him well enough of, of a service that that Matthew chapter five, verse 16 becomes my reality. They saw my good works, but they glorified the Father who was in heaven. And the way in which that happens for any of us is we remain in the place of abiding in the Lord and his word abiding in us, that we are conforming to the image that Jesus painted the picture of in scripture and that the word is not being dumbed down to our reality or not dumbed down to my ability that I'm always rising and I'm always coming up. We started the year with abiding, we're ending with the, the year with abiding. I believe that the way that you end a season is the way that you'll walk into a new season. Yes, it is a test, but it is a lifestyle, amen? I believe that Jesus is begging us and beckoning us to just remain in him in this place of abiding so that you might bear and I might bear much fruit, amen? Thanks for listening. We hope you felt encouraged by today's message. If you need prayer or would like to connect with us, find us on social media or by going to renewlifechurch.com.